Hey, it's Kathy Olislar with the Triangle Net. This is an episode of Journey into Cybersecurity. I have Jamela Blackwell with me. Did I say Hi, it right? Everyone. Yes, you did, my friend. Okay, good, good, good. Well, welcome, Jamila, on this podcast. You have an amazing story to tell, and I think um, many people will see themselves in one way or another in in your journey. Um, so how about you kind of paint a picture a little bit about who you are, where you are today, and then we'll mm-hmm. go back in time, talk about Jamila, the little kid. Okay, well, thank you for having me, Kathy. I appreciate the opportunity. And so Jamila uh, went pretty much back and forth all around the world. My husband was in the service, so I was a military spouse. Mom, two, three amazing boys, and a little zoo in our house with dogs and cats. So um, I grew up in Germany, and, you know, I grew up bilingual meaning we spoke Turkish at home. My parents are from Turkey and um, I went to German school since we lived in Germany back then. Uh, I met my husband after I finished high school. I was in college. He was in the service and I decided, okay, what can I do? Because I knew I would end up living in the United States eventually. Um, and I that was my first time I actually went into IT. I got a little associate's degree um, through a education program that in Germany, when you work the education company or the education, yeah, they support you with that or provide you to switch to a different um, job opportunity. And it was a mixture of IT management and business management. So that was Ooh. a great opportunity for me to go in and learn and I had the privilege to also do an internship for six months as a network um, admin support. At mm-hmm. the, and I did like, we pretty much did everything. I did uh, IT support. I did, um, you know, um, the network help. We did all these different fun things. It was really, really new for me. And back in you know, 2000, being a female in that field was unheard of. So that was a little intimidating back then. And then we realized, okay, you know, my husband being in the service, we bounced between the States and Germany back and forth for a couple of years. And in 2009, we decided, okay, it's time for us to root back uh, in North Carolina where he's from and I was like, okay, what would I like to do with my life since the kids are getting older? And I got to meet Mr. Derek Thompson from Twinson Tech at our school where my kids were attending. And he did the robotics club. And that mm-hmm. kind of sparked that old, you know, interest back up in me, you know, doing something with computers and IT related. And about a year and a half ago, I decided to make the transition into cybersecurity because that after researching, I was like, what would I like to do? And I'm like, you know what? I really love what Derek was trying to teach the kids was Python coding. I really love to do puzzle solving. So how can I, you know, bring these components together and make money with it at the same time having fun? Yeah. So before we keep Going down that Mm storyline, I want to go back in time. Um, What were your areas of interest when you were younger? My areas of interest were always education, some type of education. Mm. And I'm a huge animal lover. I was thinking maybe um, would have maybe as a second option (laughs) be like a a veterinarian but I realized now I get emotional to attach I can't do this nope oh yeah (laughs) you take them all home (laughs) yes yes so we're always positive failures that's why we have so many animals yes like Mm -hmm. and that was as a little girl but always educating helping people that was my passion yeah I can see that because (laughs) you and I cross paths at Southern Wake Academy volunteering um as well with our kids going to well that was the 
the middle school yes. going to Washington, D.C. So yeah. you're already donating your time to schools, PTAs, and, mm-hmm. and, and then some. But then you and I, we started to cross paths more and more and more. Yes. Thanks to Derek um, yes. and the, the Tweets and Technology organization, who's has such a great and beautiful mission is to really mm-hmm. introduce STEM at a much earlier age before girls start to think that STEM is not for them, before mm-hmm. all the biases and the stereotypes and society does a number on their heads. And yeah. so allowing them to see the full potential and the power that they have within. So I've seen you work really hard for them. Um, so, so what did you start give, teaching first? Um, because you've been teaching a few things, haven't you? I did. So honestly, my first teaching job was back in high school when I was in Germany. So what happened was my background story is, like I said, I grew up bilingual, meaning my parents are from Turkey. They were or they still live in Germany. And when we were younger, when we we're you know school age, my parents decided, hey, you know what, we're going to send all the kids back to Turkey. You guys are going to start school in Turkey. I started elementary school in Turkey, did, you know, three years in Turkey, got to see my parents summertime. And after third grade, my parents were like, you know what? I think we're not able to completely break off from Germany, come back to Turkey. So all the kids are coming back. And we had to pretty much transition from, you know, the speaking Turkish every day. Mm-hmm going to a school where you don't understand anything because you forgot most of it when you were there. And it's a hard language, German. It is. It's very unique. I had um, an amazing teacher who was like, look, she saw my potential and she knew it was just a barrier language. And she talked to my parents and made me repeat third grade, which I was not happy at that time. But she taught me also on her free time, German, every day. For one hour every day, Monday through Friday, she would, you know, take wow. some of the kids who were struggling with the language. And because of her, I was able to catch up within a year. And in Germany, the school system is a little bit different here. They do have middle and high school, but mm-hmm. it goes by great averages. So you get more support or more depth education. And I was able after basically a year and a half to go uh, to be picked for the highest education for the gymnasium. And I finished the gymnasium in, in 1996. I had fun. We had a lot of exchange students. And that's when I realized, okay, I want to do education. I had started already going into um, school. And around that time, like between 94, 93, 94, I used to go to uh, homework help place that was by retired German ladies like they were usually in teaching or education and they were helping a lot of the back then um, the guest workers were mainly Turkish so they would help the kids to do homework or was their homework and I was part of that program and eventually the ladies were getting older and they realized hey you know what you can close the gap because whatever they couldn't understand in German, the kids, I would translate for them or I would do parent-teacher conferences for them and I would be the translator was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And I got wow. to manage that after I graduated high school. They asked me to step in and as a high schooler, I was supposed to, you know, interview college kids for the position to help us out. But that was my first path in education. That is so cool. And the funny thing is, I studied translation in uh-huh. Belgium, including German, and I studied in Germany. So <laughs> you and I have so much in common. It's really yeah, cool. Because to... didn't you study also in the town I grew up in, Heidelberg? Yes, yes. <laughs> I studied in Heidelberg, where I lost my heart. There's this yes. song, my uh-huh. head's in Heidelberg for Lola. Yes. <laughs> Uh, for anyone who did you I did I (laughs) did did. yes yes that's too funny and um anybody who has the opportunity should go and visit it's an amazing town with you know lots of history and you don't have to speak German 
because it's a college town, half of the population yeah. speaks English. Yes, yes. A very highly educated population. Mm -hmm. um, yes. The University of Heidelberg is, is just so special. It's like the Oxford mm -hmm. of Germany. I was it told. is, yes, that is true. Yes, and it's just magical. I was there um, from, you know, the fall through the spring semester. And mm -hmm. so the foliage changes. It's like in a valley with a river. Mm -hmm. Oh, we could go on and on. But it's, yes. it's magical because it's got a castle on a hill. Like it's, It is. It's yes. Beautiful. My kids really enjoyed when we go visit. We yeah. go there every two years. And we always like, it's just a new discovery, even though they yeah. have seen and, you know, participate in different activities there. They're like, oh, man, we can't wait to do it again. Oh, and the bakeries. Oh, don't so tell me about the food. Yeah, that's one thing also. You can go to Germany, eat and eat and lose weight and come back. <laughs> <laughs> you can walk everywhere there. Yes, yes. I had the funny stories. I taught aerobics there in my in my broken German. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so I could binge on all the bread all I wanted. And then I just went to uh -huh. work it off. But yeah, so education was always somehow part of yeah. my life. And I was also trying to stay up to date, you know, being able to keep up with the kids, my kids back then, the other kids. Yeah. And um and then like I said, computers were introduced in ninety nine in my life where I was like, okay, you know, Hotmail and all that stuff. The first, you know, um, chats, the chat rooms where you could, you know, talk to different people around the country. And then I realized, you know what, that is something that I would really enjoy. But because, you know, I knew my husband had always priority due to his job being in the service, you know, always moving back and forth between different countries. I was like, okay. I'm just going to step back, try my best, you know, to help him out as far as I can. And I always work in retail. Mm -hmm. And then after we had kids, I was like, okay, it's kind of difficult to work in retail if you work seven days, <laughs> all hours. And, you know, my husband would get deployed or, you know, he, he had different work schedules. So we had to figure it out. And eventually I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stay home till the kids are old enough to go to school. And then see what is next for me. Because I had started when we were stationed in Missouri, a business a degree. But then I realized, okay, that's a little bit too much having a newborn, a toddler, school. Okay. <laughs> so I, you have to be also able to say, you know what, this is too much for me. I need a break or I need to step back for a minute. But I never stopped learning. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, you also ran kind of, you helped a family who had a family business um, manage their business um, or family business or family. I don't know how you, yeah, how you say it, but you did so, family, you did so yeah. much for them. I've been doing, so what I did was after, like I said, my kids got older, um, I started, you know, working back in retail because that was the easiest since I knew that I had experience in it uh after doing that for a couple of years I got to meet someone who was you know doing different services for you know families or houses like you know by cleaning concierge work whatever and eventually one of the families were like hey would you be interested just you know working solely for us and I was like yeah why not but, you know, I still had to prioritize certain things as like my kids when they come to school. So mm -hmm. it was a very flexible work environment for me. And then the older my kids get, the more I was able to help the family. And, yes, yeah, so I've been with them for over 10 years. And uh, it's a kind of sad moment for all of us. But she mm -hmm. is supporting me, you know, moving into cybersecurity because I told her last year, you know, thank you for all the you know, fun time and memories, but I would love to move to a different, you know, um, job and I would love to go back to school. So I won't be able to do all of this. Mm -hmm. And um, I took, you know, a little break from working for her. Went to school. I did my Coursera course when I, where I earned my um, IBM uh, cybersecurity analytics. Um, 
certification. And then when I came back last year, I was like, hey, you know, how are you guys doing? And she was like, hey, we could, you know, could you still some help? <laughs> and would you be interested, you know, you know, helping us part time? And I've been doing that while I have been still continuing learning. And um, but moving forward, so next week, Wednesday, I have my CC exam. And I'm hoping after that, uh, you know, January next year that I will have hopefully a full-time position, which be more in more cybersecurity versus being a concierge work yeah, or executive assistant. So you and I, we talked a while ago, less than a year, I think, but mm -hmm. some, something along those lines where, yes. where we kind of talked about, okay, how can we help Camilla find her path into cybersecurity? Because obviously cybersecurity is a huge domain. Mm -hmm. so yes. Um, and it's also known that you have to break into it. You can't just mm -hmm. walk into it. No. Um, you're not invited into it. You have to kind no. of do magic stuff or or just chase a unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's silly. Um, and I'm yeah. I'm getting really frustrated seeing mm -hmm. people struggle so much. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of unravel a little bit. Yes. Um, the things that we had talked about and how that's going and mm -hmm. where you're running into walls, obstacles, challenges. Mm -hmm. So the first one was building out your LinkedIn profile um, mm -hmm. and then following also people in cybersecurity, mm -hmm. especially ladies, leaders in mm -hmm. that space, um, allowing you to kind of become part of an ecosystem that is virtual, but on LinkedIn, I feel like there is some strong bonds mm -hmm. uh, with people yes. in LinkedIn. So how's that going for you? It is going amazing. Uh, thank you. Like I said, we I started what about a year and a half ago, this journey. I came to you, Derek, um, John, like a couple other people mm -hmm. for guidance. Because as you were saying, I was like, I just was like, yeah, I want to do cybersecurity. What can I do? And I was like overwhelmed with all the different choices. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, I built up my LinkedIn profile. I decided I was following different, you know, webinars, listening to different um, courses, going to different events where I was able to connect with people and grow my network. I am a member of ISSA, so I joined that that helped me a lot to learn more and connect. And also women in cybersecurity, different organizations were very helpful and amazing. Great. That's really good. Mm -hmm. um, that was the, the next part was to find your tribe is to really find yes. a place where you feel like you're, you belong. Mm -hmm. um, I also recommended to keep giving, earn trust. It's trust mm -hmm. is the most yeah. fundamental product that you can mm -hmm. provide to any organization. Um, and I know that you are contributing to ISSA. You're volunteering mm -hmm. for them at InfoSecon. Yes, um, I'm excited. That's going to be my third year. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And I get to be the lucky person to have you yes. on my panel at InfoSecon. <laughs> so excited. Yes, really thrilled about that. Um, it's an experiment because there has never been a panel where students, job seekers, educators, and employers, professionals all come together to the table mm -hmm. and, and share their unique perspectives when it comes to um, either breaking into cybersecurity, getting a job, providing mm -hmm. the education that is relevant for those, those students and then finding the right candidates and helping them get in. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to be super interesting to- It is, you have uh, amazing guests. I ran into some of them at the ISSA meeting uh, too. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yes, yes, I ran into Patrick. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, we're talking. He's like, yeah, I'll be you know, at the panel. And I'm like, is it Kathy's panel? Like, How did you know? I was like, guess what? I've been sitting next to you. Yes, yes. So, so yes, you're doing amazing things too. 
Like you're giving all these opportunities. And I have to say, because of your guidance, push, you're introducing me to different um, connections, mentors, you know, sending me always information that I must, you know, that I haven't seen or aware of. You taught me what to look for as well, because it definitely helps having more than one mentor or people around you. Like you said, finding your trap is very important. Peter Hewitt has been a great supporter besides Derek and Jackie in this journey. And then going to ISSA, like you said, networking after a while, people get to know you and they're like, hey, because a couple of months ago, they were like, hey, Jamila, uh, you need to talk to this person because I think he's looking for something and you might, you know, maybe fit, you know, the profile. Why don't you guys connect? And it's just amazing. I, I love hearing that. And and thank you that, you know, we, we give you advice, but then you're also taking it and you're running with it and yeah. taking it to the next level. I think it's great that you're having multiple mentors because mm-hmm. everybody has their own unique story. Mm-hmm. There's other people. And, and that's indeed how people get to know you. It's not just about who, who you know, but who knows you that as well. well. Yes. Yes. And anyone who wants to break into this field, I have to say, I mean, there are different ways. There are different ways to break into this field. I am a person who is very self-motivated, a self-starter. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do all these self-guided lessons Mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, some people went to ECPI or they were like, hey, this is what I want to do or going to Wake Tech and getting an associate's degree. But there is no right or wrong way. Like you said, you just have to decide what you want to do. And the thing is, you might be into, you know, six months into something, you decide it's not the right way. It's transferable. That's the beauty in cybersecurity, I think. Yes, yes. And it's important to highlight that human resource management is Mm -hmm. has this little checklist. Mm Mm-hmm. Of all the things yes. these unicorns have to have, you know, you have to they have a bachelor's degree, a master's uh-huh. degree in computer yes. sciences, a couple of certifications, including the CISSP, uh-huh. five to 10 years work experience. It's At an least. entry level job. Yes. Like, come on, people. Throw out the the, the whole yes. sheets and, and let's focus on the skills. What is the job and what skills do you need? And, mm-hmm. and even the White House, the, the cybersecurity strategy, mm-hmm. even educational uh, recommendations has been saying, you know, stop demanding for a four-year degree mm-hmm. when you have people who, like you, have transferable skills from all different domains, but you've accumulated it over time. It's not in, in a four-year degree. You just have years and years of of rich experiences that complement mm-hmm. each other and are truly valuable. So I think we need to really push and challenge HR to be more skill-based focused versus yes. a checklist that is unrealistic. So that I'm is so mine. true. <laughs> yes, I know. Let's just, you know, get it in there. No, that is true. And I was intimidated in the beginning and I was overwhelmed when I started this journey because I would look at the job descriptions Mm -hmm. just to see okay what are they looking what are the employers looking for what do I need to focus on what should I get first and it is so overwhelming because Mm -hmm. the amount of the things that they ask of you or require and I'm like this is so wild and because I'm like nobody's going to be able to fulfill this or you have to be like you said a unicorn (laughs) <laughs> and you're going to burn out doing all of that stuff that they're asking of one mm-hmm. So that is one thing I had to kind of, like you said, break the, that little barrier and say, you know what, I'm just going to try, apply for it and go for it. And I think another thing is everything on paper looks so scary or you can't even go through this HR process because if you don't have these certain words in your resume or somehow incorporated in your application, it's just going to bounce off anyway. So it is so difficult. I miss somewhat the human interaction. Yeah. I think a lot gets lost in, I know we're in a more modern time where, you know, we can do everything online, 
but I think having to be able to either right even HR should maybe talk to people <laughs> I mean just you know do five minutes until you kind of get a feel because mm-hmm. sometimes what you see on paper is not the person mm-hmm. because a lot of people also try to you know not be always honest because they want to get into the door and break into cybersecurity. And I'm like, okay, how are you going to do this? Because with these expectations. Yes. Yes. And that's another thing I learned. A lot of people are not very truthful and it, it's, you know, it's just burns the companies too. Yes. And it's on both sides. I actually saw just recently a video from, um, uh, Susie Welch, Jack Welch's former wife, widow. Um, Susie Welch, she, she said, a job interview is a conversation between two liars. The, the hiring manager, you know, talks about, paints a picture of the company on its best possible day. Mm-hmm. And the, the applicant just says exactly what this person is expecting them to say. Uh-huh. And it is all rooted in lies and how can you be successful in your career that way um, when you're set up for failure to begin with um, and and they're setting the wrong expectations on their end as well? Like both sides, we're just getting it wrong. <laughs> but that yeah. is so true. So that's one thing I learned. Just be honest and be human. Like yes. being human meaning admit, you know what, I don't know the answer, but one of the best advices that I got from one of my mentors was like, if you don't know the answer, half of the game is if you know how to Google, you're good. <laughs> yeah. You have like, to we be all so don't cool. know everything. Every like people who work in the position don't know, but you should know how to ask for the right, the, ask the right question to find the answer for this. Yes. Very so, much so. And that is what I always carry with me. I was like, look, there is nothing that is, you know, that difficult to, you know, kind of solve. You just have to be motivated enough and don't give up. Just, 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 you know, be persistent. Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing I learned on this journey. (laughs) And I love that there's always something new. Like you are never done learning. So even the people Mm -hmm. who have been veterans in here, they are still learning. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have to. <laughs> and that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. If you are resourceful, that's a good skill to be looking for. Not someone who's just, you know, okay, I got this third, I'm done. That's it. Yes. You know? Exactly. Yes. Very important. Um, I think we also talked about what domain within cybersecurity was most of interest to you. Is that still the technical testing, the hacking, the threat intelligence kind of a thing? What is yes. it? Yes, it is definitely. Like I am learning to do CTF, capture the flag, because like I said, I love problem solving and pen testing is one of it. Uh, I very much enjoyed and I am right now with TNT Creative as their cybersecurity technician. Uh, I'm, you know, trying to help them out in that area or support them mm-hmm. in the security aspect and just and all the different things I learned. I always tend to go into that part of like pen testing. They're talking about, you know, I you know, red team. I always try to use like I would love to do both sides, but from my experience, everybody's like, you can only be one or the other. Maybe mm-hmm. down the road, you might turn into yeah. purple. And now there's a violet team that got added to, <laughs> to all these different terms. Oh. Apparently, you know, thanks to AI. So, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, definitely the pen testing, um, having uh, the companies aware of all the different changes. They have been so many changes within the last months. There are new regulations and somebody has, you know, like I realized also in our company, like everybody's so busy learning and doing and doing also in addition to that, doing also their everyday tasks Mm -hmm. that there's not always time to learn what's 
new on the market? What, you know, legal things do we have to know as a company? Or um, because, as we said earlier, I am trilingual, like I speak German, Turkish, and English, I'm able to attend different webinars in different languages and kind of compare the Europe side to the United States side, which is amazing to me because even though everything is cybersecurity, the regulations and the rules are, even though they're very similar, they're still very different. Oh, very much so. And, and just being able to kind of gap, you know, close that gap for us awesome. is fun just to tell them, hey, this is what's going on about, you know, ransomware or, hey, mm -hmm. were you guys aware that apparently North Carolina has, you know, the law where you are not allowed to, you know, if you have ransomware issues, like somebody uh, in your company realized, okay, um, North Carolina already passed the law. That was one of the topics at one of the webinars in Europe about, hey, um, should we have a ban of ransomware payments and mm -hmm. how would it look like? And apparently some states in the United States have it. So I was like, wow. And that's where all this information is important. And then just relating to the team or to my network, because mm -hmm. they are very good in what they're doing. But because everybody's so busy, I'm like, hey, were you guys aware of this? And it, it's that little, you know, aha or victory moment for me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you know what? Keep doing what you're doing because that helps us as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, many organizations operate in, in both the U.S., Europe, um, mm -hmm. and also even within Europe, Germany has a very high standard around cybersecurity. Yes. I yes. know that much. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really good. Um, but yeah, the the way data is viewed in Europe versus here is completely different. Mm -hmm. There, they are protecting the data of citizens. Here, they're protecting the corporate interests above everything else. Let's yeah. be real. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes. And that's GDPR. another thing you need to know, like you said, because here it's more corporate interest if you have relations with different companies or do business with different companies in Europe, you are have to comply to their regulations. And yeah. that's sometimes they're not aware of things and you yeah. know, it, it can end badly for the company. Yeah. So that's why it's good to have translators. It is, yes. 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 You and I need to get together, open up a new niche, huh? Uh, well, absolutely, but you already <laughs> have it. Like, it's right here. Uh, not only do you speak the language, but you can translate the the regulations between one and the other. You can That is true, yeah. Actually, I, I didn't even think about that. It just comes yeah, yeah. natural for me. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's like, of course, but yeah. nobody else has this perspective like you do. Yes. And, and, and you know what? Thank you. Because I have another amazing friend and mentor, Mehtap. She um, is from Turkey. She is a SOC analyst. And, you know, she's like, hey, you know, and when we all speak German and Turkish, well, ger sometimes I slip into German. She looks at me. She, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't speak German. You speak oh, Turkish and English. But it's amazing because when we're at ISSA and I just, you know, go back and forth sometimes and they're like, how do you do that? I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just, I guess because I grew with it, it's muscle memory. Mm -hmm. How do you yeah. dream actually? Do you, when you dream, Kathy, since you speak so many different languages as well, do you dream specifically in English or do you dream in Dutch? What, what do you dream in? Probably English. No. Yeah. See, it was me. It depends who I'm talking to. I dream well, in all yes. Things. Depends on where I am. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because a lot of people ask me, what do you dream? And I was like, well, it depends who I'm talking to. Yes. <laughs> very true. Very true. So I yeah. should correct myself on that one. It yeah. Always yeah. That's cool. Um, mm -hmm. But that's why cybersecurity. I think I have something of value to bring to the game and to the table. Duh. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious to me, but, you know, some yeah. people go buy pieces of paper and, mm -hmm. and they have something in their heads and, and it has to fit there on paper. And that's why we're yes. having this podcast right now. Mm -hmm. I appreciate and like I said, thank you to TNT Creative. 
to give me the opportunity to learn more and, you know, and help me in my journey to cybersecurity. Yeah, for sure. Now, when when we started talking about pen testing and, and all that jazz, um, mm-hmm. um, I think either Pete or I, we recommended doing some capture the flag, some mm-hmm. try hack me stuff. Have you done any of that yet? I did some. So I was one of the fortunate uh, vices, women in cybersecurity sponsorship recipients for IC Square, the CC mm-hmm. uh, class. After that, I applied for another one. And the first one was a capture the flag. I did some there, but it's very new to me. Yeah. I wasn't able to move on to the next tier, but I enjoyed the opportunity to learn. So now what I've been doing is uh, I'm doing Pico. So I'm learning to do some capture flags, like different challenges in Pico. Um, I am also trying to work the Huntress one because uh, I was told, hey, ah. if you try to do capture the flag, right now the company Huntress has also their capture the flag game. And it is a little easier than Pico. So I'm, I'm trying to dabble in that. Okay. And like I said, I haven't been to school. I'm just doing it on my own. So, or having my network, talking to some people in my network for help or guidance and Googling it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Yes. And it was fun. Yes. I did some of them and I learned some of them. And it is a lot of fun. It is mm-hmm. a lot of fun if you enjoy puzzle solving because it is very time consuming. Yeah. Yeah, but I also know that, um, I mean, you you participated at our, at the Twins and Technology Robotics yes. Coding and Cybersecurity yes. Camp. Yeah. Um, so that was a whole lot of fun. Um, and, and you really taught these kids everything. On that uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we had a fun camp this year and we did, uh, use Lego spikes to do Python coding. Twins and technology is focused on a younger group age where we're trying to, you know, show them, hey, you guys can already start coding by playing and games. And that's when, yes, we had an amazing, amazing group of kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are young, but wow. I mean, they, they were grasping mm-hmm. so quickly to the material and just, you know, taking off. So yes, I did that too. So I dabbled a little bit in Python. I'm, I'm trying to teach myself Python coding. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's just fun. And the kids just enjoyed it so much. And I, I like I said, I love teaching. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I really, really, I think, don't see as even a job. Like, I just enjoy it so much. It just amazes me and just fills my heart with happiness just to teach the kids plus we had a few girls this year in our camp it was awesome it was fantastic yeah and so. and they were wicked smart um we yeah fun card yeah. games cybersecurity card games with them and they caught on right was, away yes uh we love that game and what fun thing was also we had kids from different you know um parts of the world also in our mm-hmm. camp and it was fun to kind of talk to them in different languages and just teach them but yes this is it was an amazing amazing time yes and it was astonishing to me how much they knew about cybersecurity yes. already getting into mm-hmm. that camp um so I, th- I think we're just underestimating the potential of children k through 12 mm-hmm. And their ability to learn cybersecurity, it, it is absolutely time, past due time for them to, to really get that introduced in the curriculum now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, North Carolina actually just recently also tried to do something to that effect. Again, following what um, the White House and the Biden administration is trying to promote is a, is a stronger mm-hmm. educational system. Where mm-hmm. cybersecurity is part of the curriculum from from a very young age because we cannot yeah. underestimate these children. They are no. so 
And because a lot of them due to COVID also were homebound and the mm -hmm. computer was the only outlet for them mm -hmm. to communicate or, you know, just, you know, kind of forget about what was going around them. A lot of young kids took uh, also up coding or cybersecurity or these different, um, you know, games that promotes all these different mm -hmm. skills. And yeah. they're just loving it and i know from some of the elementary kids like or elementary schools they offer scratch they're trying to offer coding classes or they mm -hmm. have these different you know lego or robotics clubs and these kids like you said they're just you know 9 10 11 and they can i was like wow can you teach me again how you did this like how did you code this and why did you do this because a very popular game is also roblox and apparently that's also where you have to code yourself to get your environment built. And it's like similar to Fort, not Fort, I'm sorry, was it Minecraft? But instead of yeah. the remote, you use the coding skills. Yeah. Yeah. That's all amazing. Mm -hmm. um, was there anything else? We talked a lot about you liking to teach, you liking mm -hmm. to solve puzzles and solutions and you're a natural translator. Um, are there other reasons why cybersecurity is attractive to you? Yes. Um, I mean, I like to also think what's going to happen in 10, maybe 20 years. And I think we're growing more and more into a digital age. And I would love to be able also protect myself, but also provide protection for others. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I was like, I would love to be in cybersecurity because I think we do need help. And we are, a lot of people are not very educated or aware how to protect themselves mm -hmm. and what to do. I know we have a lot of companies, but like you said, teaching the kids, you know, have a good password, how to keep your information safe. How to, when you go online, you, you know, don't put mom's dad's credit card in your, you know, when you're purchasing the game, because those are all information that are being recorded or can be used maliciously or with bad actors or don't use mom's work laptop to play a game and get a virus on it or, oh, or it's like, yeah, all those things. And I think that was another reason um, for me to go into this. Mm -hmm. Because we have to start thinking of for everybody being educated in this at a young age, because everybody has cell phones now. I mean, the, young, yeah. the elementary school kids have cell phones and they're not aware what they're doing or how, you know, yeah. what people are doing or all the things that they post online. It is in the Internet is forever. Yeah. It's bottomless hole. And what you post mm -hmm. there doesn't mean it belongs to you if it's on the Internet. Um, about 80% belongs to the internet. Yes. So you might say it's on your profile. Yes. Very well so, said. So certain things, and that's why I would love to go into cybersecurity. I think that is something for everybody to know, no matter how old or young you are, um, how to protect yourself. Unfortunately, there are more and more people who use this information maliciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love this because... I have this saying, and this is also one of my main drivers too. Mm -hmm. uh, once you know, once you really know how bad <laughs> it is, like yes. you have a choice. You mm -hmm. have one simple choice. Either you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem. It's mm -hmm. that simple, but you have to play a part. You have to be part of the solution. <laughs> Otherwise you are dragging us all down. So do something, yes. you know? <laughs> please, please. Yeah. So, and, and that's the reason why I I wanted to be pen tester or uh, or something in that along the way, like something like that, mm -hmm. because how can you protect something you don't understand? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. Plus, you've got three boys. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you are such a strong role model. I'm sure between you and, and your husband, they are mm -hmm. surrounded by great examples um and yeah. I, i've met your boys they're they're amazing because they too volunteer they too yeah. give their time to help kids they're mm -hmm. already invested in the next kid um yeah to me, that, is, that, mm -hmm. 
That is such a beautiful example you gave them. And now they're already emulating that behavior. And that is to me gold. That's the best thing you could do. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You know, preparing the next generation because like Mm -hmm. you and I know we are in the field. We are aware of the dangers and we have to teach. It starts at home, teaching at home. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. So, Camila, I, I know that, you know, you've, you're not your typical um, cybersecurity applicant because you kind of took a windy road to, yes. to this goal of being into cybersecurity. Um, we talked a little bit about um, trying to get the education that you need, trying mm-hmm. to get the hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. And you definitely need to get now an entry-level job. Um, mm-hmm. You looked at paid inter- paid internships, but yes. I think the offering of those are pretty slim. What has been your experience like on that front? On that front, it is very slim because um, most of the time the companies would prefer high schoolers or college kids. Hmm. And, you know, um, sometimes, even though it's not sad, I think they're still not comfortable having a female in the office it's not as much but i do it comes sometimes across like that so that was another thing and um we do not have a lot of companies who are open to offering these internships as well yeah there's a very limited number there's a huge number of applicants and that's i think a problem at the moment trying to you know get your foot in the door yes definitely something we need to kind of challenge and find mm-hmm. a way to solve because the people's story is 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 it needs to be improved um mm-hmm. and i am of the strong belief that you know the reason why there aren't enough internships is because the people who would have to train the interns are already overburdened they they're already doing two jobs very likely Yes. Because IT, cybersecurity, they're seen as a cost line item on the budget. They're not seen as a business enabler, as something that can keep your business sustainable. Um, and so I really think it's a cultural top-down leadership decision to understaff, mm-hmm. under-resource, under-fund yes. cybersecurity, and then point the finger straight at the person who's running cybersecurity all by themselves. Um but they're they're the ones who cannot do more. They cannot train the intern mm-hmm. on top of everything else that's thrown at them. Mm-hmm. And I think we really or need even to fix start. the mistakes that the intern maybe might have done because they were not yeah. trained. Well, that's that's true. But I think that's that's not even a thought because the, the in there's no intern. There's no internships. No. Yeah. Because nobody's funding it from the top down. Nobody's mm-hmm. seeing it as a need. We're not painting a story to say, hey, Mr. CEO, CFO, CEO, if you are not putting more people in your cybersecurity practice, if you're not looking at your cyber risk as an existential risk to your business, mm-hmm. it's not just the end of your business, it's the end of your career, because the SEC, yeah. the very many regulators in the U.S., mm-hmm. outside of the U.S., are starting to say, Mr. CEO, CFO, CEO, legal, board of directors, you're on the hook. If, mm-hmm. if your cybersecurity fails, it's not going to be just the CISO who gets the blame. It's you because yeah. you're holding the purse strings. You're just keeping that CISO hanging by a thread. So it's time to reverse really the level of accountability and, yeah. and identifying where is, where is the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm really going to be a strong voice. <laughs> you are. As much as I can to identify this as Uh a problem, Um, as many others, but I think that's one of them. I think we need better funding. We need to fix the people's story and give. I mean, the government needs to put, if they can, I don't know. I know everybody is, you know, on the budget. There's no room in the budget, but we have to find, like you said, room somewhere Mm -hmm. in the budget or, or some type of incentives, you know, for people to offer these internships because these are valuable lessons Mm -hmm. and if how can you get the experience 
that they're all asking for if nobody's wanting to take a risk on giving you the shot to get your experience. Yes. And begs the question, who gave them their first shot, right? I'm sure Mm -hmm. that somebody did. (laughs) They were not perfect. They didn't grow up in diapers being CEOs. (laughs) That is true. And, And what I love about the community, the network I'm in, everybody is like, look, we were where you were. In our in the beginning of our journey, so mm-hmm. yes, and you know, and I'm always happy to hear their opinions or their suggestions, their advice, because they already walked this path, and I'm trying to you know have this journey as flawless as I can or as quickly get to a position where they are yeah. by listening to their advice, by listening what to do or not to do, and go mm-hmm. on, and then try also figure out you know what is best for myself in the process and then pass it on to the next person which i absolutely love about you because you're so giving of yourself you're you're giving more than you're getting from this whole system right now we got to fix that that algorithm a little bit so that you're it'll get fixed i have faith i have faith (laughs) i do too i do have faith i Uh think sometimes you have to make change happen so that's what we're doing here today so Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. So, Camilla, I wanted to thank you for sharing your story um, and, you know, just highlighting how unique every individual can be and how their background, their experiences, you know, the windy road that they have been on is a quality and something that needs to be taken into consideration um, Mm -hmm. by everyone. And so hopefully by putting a little spotlight on you, we can show the world how how beautifully unique you are and how talented, skilled you are. And hopefully someone will see that. And actually someone already d- did see that. If, may I read from the letter that you shared with me just two paragraphs? Yes, yes. Uh, I asked and they said they're, they're happy to okay. have it you know, read out. Okay, so this is a four-paragraph recommendation letter from Mm -hmm. your current employer. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to just read the the two middle ones. Um, Professionally, Jamila is highly intelligent, reliable, a problem solver, solution finder, and very energetic. She has a game-changing work ethic and brings positivity and joy to everything she does. And I can vouch for that. Um, Jamila brings a unique ability to the workplace with her fluency in three languages and her adaptability to various cultures. And that is so important. Gosh, she is continuously willing to learn new things. She is trustworthy to her core, to her core. Like, I mean, who, who writes this stuff in a recommendation letter if they don't mean it, um, and has always been committed to protecting our privacy and security. Jamila is a leader you need on your team. She leads people by building relationships and inspires people to want to do their best while holding them to a high standard of performance. She communicates with clarity, kindness, and directness as needed. By the way, that is so hard to do. (laughs) It comes as practice, I would say. I don't know, maybe it's my background too. I just have to sometimes, you know, kind of check my Turkish background, you know, the <laughs> the uh, the very direct part of, you know, the in Germany, you, you're very direct, but then I have a very passionate Turkish part to where, you know, sometimes they come across very harsh. So I had to learn to kind of dampen it, but very kind, but very stern. I love it. it I love it. Um, And then finally, she is proactive and takes initiative in every area of her work. Jamila has the valuable combination of character and competency. And whoever is lucky to hire you, they will thank us one day, Jamila, because you are a treasure and it's about time someone someone discovers you and, and really has the joy of working with you and, and just thank getting you. to know you as a human being. You yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And like I said, Derek, Jackie, uh, like TNT creative group, they, you know, 
gave me my first shot game, you know, I'm very, very honored to be on their team because they were the first ones to say, hey, here, come on board, let's do this. And, you know, let us be part of your journey. Yeah. So I really, really appreciate that. Because I do work, but like I said, I do, you know, I help TNT Creative in a small role. Um, that might maybe change in the future. We don't know yet. But um, I'm helping also my friend, my client with her home management and everything. But my goal, ultimate goal is being full-time in cybersecurity down the road. Yeah, I will make that happen, Humila. You watch. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I know with you in my corner, I definitely will get there. Oh, I know. Sooner than later, I hope. But I, oh. know I will get there. Yes, I can't wait to do a sequel. <laughs> yes, yes, we should. We yes. Should. Well, thank you so much, Amila. You have a lovely day, and I can't thank wait you. to have our panel at InfoSecon next week. You too, Kathy. Yes, I can wait. It's going to be amazing. And don't give up whoever listens to this and doesn't know what to do go to someone that you know or even just write kathy or me i'm happy to if anybody wants to you know know more please reach out to us i'm happy you know to share more my journey to kind of point you in the direction that you know helped me you know that kathy told me my mentors like this is an amazing community i have to say also before we finish up like i have never seen any community this open arm and welcoming and supportive like yeah. there is nothing wrong like everybody is very helpful kind they will give you you know the information they have so you can succeed in your journey and this is a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm very, very honored to be part of this amazing group. I know. I know. Well, thank you so much, Camilla. I'll see you thank soon. Thank you, my friend. Yes, see you soon. Bye. Thank you. On the real, we appear to get gone. Victory is ours. Bring the chip home. Galactic, and I'm looking to get more. Raise it up, seen what you don't know. Running like the blood, bumping from the pressure of a dream in the rush. We crush whatever we touch. Where you been, y'all? Everyone know. And if you still don't get it, let it chill for a minute. Time is money, trust me, man. I'm on business. And if you want something done, do yourself to get it finished. Wake up, victory's mine. On top, still on the grind. Gotta go get it right now. Holla at me if you with me. It's time. Make it, show the world that I shine in our greatness. Keep it real, never gon' fake this. Till we make it, till we make it. Taking off, flying high like a spaceship. Taking control, taking shots, what you waiting for? Keep it real, never gon' fake this. Till we make it, till we make it. Second verse, I'm telling you I'm ready to go, letting you know, cause I'm never below the ones that I roll with, are incredibly known for getting down to the nitty gritty, if you really with me, let's go. Moves made, dues paid, most talk but don't do a thing, we certified, observers I come through and give a true display, we champions, understand me standing under a victory canopy, canopy the enemy was hitting keys, ready to drive at top speed, let's get it out. Wake up, victory's mine, on top, still on the grind, gotta go get it right now, holla at me if you with me, it's time. Greatness, keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it Taking off, flying high like a spaceship Take control, take a shot, what you waiting for? Keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it
greatness Keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it Taking off, flying high like a spaceship Take control, take a shot, what you waiting for? Keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it It'll take all we got, we gon' make it Keep it real, never gon' fake this Spaceship, take control, take a shot, what you waiting for? Keep it real, never gon' fake this, so we make it, so we make it.